Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 132 of Brewers on Tap. The Brewers on a roll right now, playing some of their best baseball of the season, and they've saved it for September. It's pretty exciting. The crew with a 6-in-1 week as we go back to last Wednesday, a thrilling 13-12 to victory over the Reds in extra innings. Come back on Thursday afternoon. Another extra inning win in a very different fashion, but an extra inning win all the same to win the series from the Reds. Then taking the first game of the series in Washington, dropping a tough one Saturday where they blew a late lead after a long rain delay, coming back and winning with a grand slam from Christian Yelich on Sunday, and then on Monday getting the victory over the Cubs, and the same thing for Tuesday. So the crew has gone from the second spot in the wild card to now holding the top spot in the wild card, game and a half up on the St. Louis Cardinals. And now, as they come into Wednesday's game with the Cubs, just three games back of Chicago in the NL Central. The NL Central still very much in play for the Milwaukee Brewers. So it's been an exciting week. There's been a cycle from Christian Yelich. There's been a grand slam from Christian Yelich. There's been a walk-off RBI from Christian Yelich against the Cubs. It's been really amazing to see just exactly how the Brewers have been able to ride Christian Yelich and all of these other hot hitters to the record that they're currently sitting at. And by the way, that record that they're currently sitting at for the crew, 79-61. and 61. They are 18 games above 500. Now, there were some deals made at the end of last week. The Brewers picked up left-hander Xavier Cedeno from the Chicago White Sox. This is a guy that has had very good success against lefties over the course of his career. He's already paying dividends for the Brewers. Left-hander Gio Gonzalez was with the Nationals. He walked over to the Brewers' dugout, essentially, uh, on Friday night when the game was over and became a Brewer. He's going to make the start Saturday against the Giants and be slotted into the Brewers' rotation. And then left-handed hitter Curtis Granderson added as well at the deadline of the August 31 deadline. you got to get guys through waivers or they can be claimed, and then you got to work out a deal. you got to get them on that roster before September 1, and the Brewers are able to do that with those three guys. A bunch of call-ups as well. Uh, you could run down the list. Domingo Santana, uh, Corey Knable is back up, Zach Davies is back up, and he pitched tremendous on Monday, five innings of one-run baseball against the Cubs as well. So the Brewers have a bunch of guys back. Uh, right now, the roster sits at 34 guys. So they've got a lot of resources at Craig Council's disposal. Okay, let's listen in on the week that was. Here's the pitch. Scope fly ball, center field. Backing up is Hamilton on the warning track at the wall. Scope has gone deep. Just a two-run game now as Jonathan Scope has hit a two-run home run. It's now 10-8. to eight. Brewers bench is empty outside of the bullpen. Aguilar sends this in the air. Deep center field. Williams goes back. He's at the track. He's at the wall. We're not tied anymore. Jesus Aguilar. Big fly to center field, and the Brewers lead it 12-11. His 30th of the season. 
First home run since the 12th of August. Sweet Jesus, he's done it here tonight in Cincinnati. Here's the 1-1 pitch. And Kratz sends this into right center field. That's going to get down and score a run. Perez around third. There's a big insurance run. Kratz digging in for second. He's going to be out, but Perez will score before the tag is applied by Peraza and the Brewers lead it 13 to 11 and two and one the pitch ground ball third base diving stop by Moustakis to his feet he throws to first and the Brewers win it in extra innings in Cincinnati tonight in a wild wacky contest the final score Milwaukee 13 and Cincinnati 12. Lorenzo Kane stands in there, first pitch to him, and he turns on this one, deep left field, racing back is Irvin. He looks up, bye-bye baseball. Lorenzo Kane with a solo blast, gives the Brewers the lead here in the 11th. His 10th home run of the season, 2-2 pitch. Ground ball back up the middle, backhanded by Scope. Collects, fires to first in time, and the Brewers will take this series with back-to-back -back extra inning victories. Today's final score, the Crew 2 and the Reds 1. One and one on Shaw, here it is. Line drive, deep center field, moving back is Harper, looking up, and it is gone! Two-run blast by Travis Shaw, and the Brewers take a 2-0 lead. Pitch to Kratz, fly ball deep left field. That is a majestic drive that's going to get out. Eric Kratz, old man strength. It's 3-1 Brewers. Roark's payoff pitch to Jesus Aguilar. Line drive deep left field. This one's not hooking anywhere. Gone big time for Jesus. Number 31 on the year, and it's 4-1 Brewers. Another 0-2. Line drive, base hit left field. Granderson's in. They're going to send Yelich. Here's the throw from Soto. It's cut off. Mike Moustakis, a two-run single into left field, and the Brewers take a 2-0 lead. They trail by two runs. The pitch, and Broxton sends this in the air. Deep center field. Harper can do nothing but watch it leave. Keon Broxton with his third home run of the season, and the Brewers, just like that, have taken the lead here in D.C. Kicks and brings home the pitch, and Yelich sends this one in the air. Deep center field, Harper's back, he's at the track. It's a grand slam for Christian Yelich. Yelich sent it out to center field, his 27th of the season, and the Brewers have broken this game open. Two balls, two strikes. Canable at the belt in the pitch. Struck him out swinging 97-mile-an-hour fastball, and that's the ball game. 9-4 Brewers, and they take two of three from the Nationals in Washington, D.C. And the pitch to him, swinging a base hit to right center. Christian Yelich stays hot. He's trying for two. The throw, they're waiting for him, and they got him. But Lorenzo Kane scores. And the crew takes the lead. Waiting on a one-two pitch. Here it is. Swing and a smash to a backhanded stab by Chris Bryan. Steps on third, throws the first late. And the Brewers win the game. One of the guys that's still waiting to make his debut for the Brewers, he's going to do it on Saturday, is Gio Gonzalez. 
I had a chance in Washington to catch up with him and talk to him about the trade. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be your plan. Uh, but once I got up, it, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was. Um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. Gio, first off, let's just go back through the last 24 hours. Kind of wild for you. You probably knew there was a chance that you were going to get dealt. You get dealt to the team that's in town playing against the Nationals, and and word kind of got out before the game, so you're sitting in the Nationals dugout looking across the dugout at what were going to be your new teammates. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers for, you know, even thinking of me. You know, that's truly an honor to play in such a great um, organization and just meeting all the young guys and the guys that are there, they've been there. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable to see so many young guys having fun and, and then uh, again, now going to Washington, um, I, I want to thank that organization for seven wonderful years, and you know, thank you for everything they've given me and 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 giving me this opportunity to be in the situation that I'm in now. Normally, when you get that news, you're packing up and leaving town, and instead, you walked a couple hundred feet across to another clubhouse. That had to be different, and in some ways, maybe not so bad. At the same time, you didn't have to have that mad scramble. Well, the bus fare wasn't cheap, so, I mean, but it, it, it was just, uh, it's still like how you said, you're, it's a change of scenery, but you're still here, so it, it kind of hasn't dawned on me, it's just, I'm in a different dugout right now, so, um, but it is, uh, I think once I leave officially here, it'd be, you know, it'd be definitely now a change of scenery, so for me, it's just cool to be in something different, something exciting, you know, uh, obviously we tried in Washington, now it's Riz put me in a situation where I can I can uh, definitely be happy, and, and I think Milwaukee saw that, that it, it's an opportunity for me to kind of move up. Is it nice to have a, a quote-unquote fresh start as well? The only thing that matters to the Brewers is what you do from this point moving forward. That has to feel like a, a fresh start on the 2018 season for you. I just want to help in any way possible. Uh, I think that, you know, my understanding coming over here is that, you know, just the contribute as much you can and you know just uh, enjoy enjoy what these uh brewers have put together and i think that that's that's remarkable i love that i love that feeling to know that you're you got that fight back in you and, and this is what it is so i hope that i can i can contribute as much as i can how familiar were you with some of the guys in this clubhouse already i, I was very familiar with some of the guys i faced pretty much a good majority of them throughout my career and um you know, I was just happy to see in the new additions too. You know, Randy Man and X Man. I mean, those were two guys I I played against and played with. So for me, it was pretty cool. And then I had Matt Albers talk to me, send me a nice little text. Hey, come celebrate with your new team. So that's that. Uh, it's always that friendly little. You know, to know that in in this game, everybody kind of you know respects that and they respect you and they respect what you do. And you know, it's it's still nice to know that you're still loved uh, wherever you go. So. I think that seeing the the team bond in here, it's, it, it feels really strong, and I love it already. 
You had a nice embrace with Curtis Granderson when he got to the clubhouse. Uh, what will he bring to this team with your knowledge of him and, and the kind of person that he is? He's a leader. He's a leader. He's a role model. He's a he's a guy in the front of the line that you know it's, it, it will never steer you wrong. And he just he just has this presence that you know feels like that's it. You know he's the guy. You know where he he steps in the room and it just feels like the room just lit up. You know that's that's a great feeling to have, especially. You know, knowing that you played against such a great, talented man throughout your entire career, and he's had a wonderful career, and a man with experience, uh, he knows how to approach certain at bats and knows how to take them every single one of them strong and and not lightly. So it was it was nice to see that guy and that presence walk into the building. Well, Gio, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Congratulations on being a part of the crew, and best of luck over this next month and hopefully more. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. This is a great change for me. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. Okay, Sabermetrics 101 is not so much Sabermetrics 101 this week as it just is our campaign for getting Christian Yelich votes in the MVP race. He was the National League Player of the Week for the second time this year, and really the second time in about five weeks. Remember, he was the National League Player of the Week on August 27th through uh, September 2nd. That's this latest one. He hit 444 over six games, four home runs, 14 RBIs. Again, hit for the cycle in that stretch. He ranks among the National League leaders in batting average, he is second with a 315 average. Runs, he's second with 96. OPS, he's fourth with a 934. Hits, he's fourth with 156. Total bases, he's fourth with 275. Slugging percentage, he's fifth with 556. Extra base hits, tied for sixth with 60. RBIs, tied for eighth with 83. Home runs, tied for 10th with 27 this year and playing great defense all the while. Christian Yelich also was the player of the week back at the end of July, stretching into early August. It's been Incredible what he's been able to do. He's reached base safely in 20 consecutive games. Pretty cool. First time since 2011 for the crew that a cycle has been hit for. It is time to check in on the farm. Checking in on the farm. All right, the Brewers' minor league season's all to a close, except for the Helena Brewers. They will finish up on Thursday in the Pioneer League, but everybody else, regular seasons have come to a close. Heartbreak for Colorado Springs. The Sky Sox finished 73-66. and They dropped four straight to Oklahoma City and unfortunately were unable to get themselves in to the PCL playoffs for the second consecutive year. Double-A Biloxi finishes the year at 81 and 59 they won the first half and the second half of the southern league south division they will begin the playoffs this week class a carolina the mudcats finished the second half at 31 and 37 class a wisconsin was right in it until the end they finished the second half 37 and 33 just finished essentially a game out of winning a wild card spot in the midwest league as we told you the rookie helena brewers finishing up their season still there 19 and 16 in the second half of their season. And uh, that's a look around the Brewers minor league affiliates. To get more in-depth with this, we're going to talk to Brewers Farm Director 
Tom Flanagan. Tom Flanagan is our guest here on Brewers on Tap, the minor league season, regular season, for the most part over. Helena Brewers still finishing up their season here this week, but um, the Class AAA Colorado Springs Sky Sox, a tough finish to the season for them. Looked like they were in position to make the playoffs. They fall just short. Biloxi, of course, wins the first and second halves in the Southern League in AA. Uh, Class A Advanced Carolina uh, puts together a 31-37 and 37 second half. And then, of course, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers had a really good second half. They were right in it until the very end as well, basically the last couple of days of the season. So overall, from standpoint of being competitive and having these guys participate in, in pushes to try to get into the playoffs – uh, that, that was a pretty good experience for a lot of these guys over the course of this year, Tom. Absolutely. Obviously, it's difficult when, when seasons come to an end, but having the players show up to the ballpark pretty much to the last day, knowing they're fighting for something, the team concept, and obviously it goes hand-in-hand hand with development. I think that's huge for our guys, and we pretty much have that everywhere. Helena got eliminated with four days left, and now they only have a couple games left in their in their season. But um, as you mentioned, Colorado Springs battled a ton of adversity all year. Unfortunately, last series of the year just well, needed to win two of the five, uh, won the first one, and unfortunately just fell a little bit short. But it's it's a testament to those guys. They battled you know all the call-ups and things all year, and, and to a man, they know that's why they're there. The players do because they get up here to impact the big league club. The staff knows that what's going on here in Milwaukee is certainly paramount for those guys. So they get it and and they're totally on board, but still it's a difficult way to end the season for them. Brewers farm director, Tom Flanagan is our guest. It it makes Rick Sweet's job really challenging. I mean, he might have one of the more challenging jobs in the organization in terms of managing pitching. And there's nights where he he doesn't play with a full deck because you know, somebody's going to be called up or can't get him hot because the big league club might need him in the next couple of days. That's a real art and a science to it, and it takes a lot of communication with you, with David Stearns and Matt Arnold, with Craig Council, with Rick Sweet. That, it, that's a tough job, isn't it? It is. A lot of moving parts are obviously starts with David where he'll he'll get the sense of, hey, we might need a, an arm tomorrow, try and avoid this guy tonight, or, or so-and-so's off limits. And, and Rick and Fred Dabney, the pitching coach there, they do a wonderful job. You know, they always look at who they have, not who they don't have. So it's it's adversity that really from, from the time they get back to minor league camp in spring until the last day, they're so battle-tested with that that it really doesn't even phase them. They can roll out there and they work with who we have. We did it, we did the best we could in terms of supplying them with arms and, and right down to the end. I think they, they had enough guys. It was just one of those things where, you know, another team got a little bit hotter at the, at the tail end. Next year in AAA is going to be really intriguing for a couple of different reasons. One, you have a group of prospects moving up through the system together right now, and a lot of those guys, presumably, it's early to to make any declarations, but presumably will be kind of moving up to that level next year or at some point moving up to that level next year. And going to be a new home. We know no matter what, there's going to be a new market hosting the Brewers AAA club what are the things you're going to be keeping an eye on as that develops? And I'm sure that's going to be where a lot of your focus is over the next couple of months. Sure. Time, time frame-wise on the move, first of all, it's a, it's a very confidential process where Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, you really can't comment too much. But yeah. that being said, we know the uh, cities that will be most likely available, and we know that really, really we don't have a choice this year. We know we're not going to be in Colorado Springs. Right. Not saying we won't be in San Antonio by any means, but it, it'll definitely be a new spot. So – uh, the bottom line is wherever we end up, we know that facility-wise, we're not going to have 
you know, worry about 6,800 feet of altitude or, you know, the cold and the, and the condition. So it's going to be a bump up for us wherever we end up. Obviously, we'll have some preferences as it goes along, but it's going to be an improvement at the AAA level. So we'll see how it all plays out. And I would think by early October at the very latest, we would know where we're going to be. You have a, a group at AA that had a great year that had to be really exciting for you guys because they were together for the most part in Class A advance last year. A few other faces joined them this year in AA. Keston Hira ended up getting his way up there and having some really impressive stretches uh, to get his AA career underway once he got up there basically into May, early June. And this team was just an elite baseball team all season long. They won the first and second half. Corey Ray's the most valuable player of the Southern League. Zach Brown really put himself on the radar. This is a group I'm sure you guys are doing some high-fiving about right now. Absolutely. It's an exciting team to follow. It's always one of the first ones when you look at the game reports the next day. If you haven't already listened to the game or watched the game, the one you're kind of looking into the into the game reports, hearing what the coaches had to say that night. But uh, a couple of the guys you mentioned, obviously Corey Ray had a great year down there. Al LaBeouf, the hitting coach with Biloxi this year, did a tremendous job. You know, they would they had a certain routine. They would be at the ballpark every day by 10.30 for a night game, working with Corey, and, and it really showed. And Corey put in the work needed to get to where he's you know he's on his way to and then Zach Brown obviously had the uh had the in, the ankle injury the high ankle sprain very serious we weren't sure if he was going to make it back he he rehabbed very promptly got back to the club and and uh, interestingly he's lost one game this year and it was his first loss in over a calendar year so we'll, he's bounced back <laughs> fine from that so it's uh really a tremendous group of guys though. like you said f- from day one through the end pretty consistently you know, better than the league, you know, at least as far as the regular season goes. So we're excited to see them get going here in the playoffs. People can look at the numbers and see what Keston did, a lot of doubles, which is what you guys expect for him, some of that that gap-to-gap power, so to speak. But what his development defensively, that's the thing that doesn't show up always in the box score. Were you guys pleased with how he came along defensively in the field? Definitely. I think the, I think the biggest thing is this is the most he's played defensively really in a couple seasons. So coming off of the injury that he did have, he showed no ill effects. And we've, we've monitored, we've tried to dose out some DH games and off days on occasion just to give him, you know, normal rest because we knew he's going to have, you know, a couple extra games here in the playoffs at least. And then we're going to send him to the Arizona Fall League as well. So he'll pick up another probably 20 games games there. So defensively, uh, he's done very well. I've, I've specifically asked the staff in terms of, how his throws have looked, and when I've been in there just to observe him, he, he's makes, making all the plays. No question that he can stay at second in our minds. And even even in today's game, with the tremendous amount of shifting that we do, even in the minor leagues, you know some of the throws he's had to make from the other side of the bag have, have he's had all the arm strength he's needed over there. So definitely excited about his future, both obviously offensively as well as defensively. And the other names that'll be heading to Arizona, as Tom just said, Keston's going to the Arizona Fall League, which begins on October 9th. But you've got Bubba Derby, uh, John Olzak, who had a really nice year this year, Miguel Sanchez, uh, and then left-hander Daniel Brown. Those are the pitchers. And then Mario Feliciano, the, the promising young catcher, uh, along with Trent Grisham, Keston Hero, who we already mentioned. And then Weston Wilson, who had a really good year. He got a late promotion to A Biloxi, but spent most of the year in Class A Advanced Carolina. And this is a guy that has continued to really produce as a minor leaguer, that, uh, not just this year, but over the course of his career. Yeah, Wes has really taken a step forward, we feel, this year. He had a huge month of July where I think he figured some things out 
with his swing, really found a power stroke, you know, during that period of time. But he's a guy that's really kind of been below the radar. He's, he's only drafted a couple years ago, but he was with that group last year at Carolina in his first full season. And although he, he played basically every day, he moved around. His versatility is a big, big weapon for him, kind of a calling card moving forward. But he can play uh, corner outfield either spot. He can pretty much play anywhere on the infield. Um, so he's, he's a valuable guy, and, and you know what you're going to get every day. It gives you the same effort and the same you know, high-energy performance wherever you put him. So he's a guy we're excited about. He's definitely earned the, the chance to go to the Fall League and, and somebody that's going to factor in for us in the future. Mentioned Mario Feliciano. I, I want to ask you about him and Peyton Henry, two of your young catchers. You took him in the same draft, both within this, the first ten rounds. Uh, Peyton Henry has shown some real good pop with the bat. Feliciano is a very talented guy. Uh, and, and has been maybe a step ahead of Peyton in terms of where you guys have placed him in the organization. What have you guys seen from these two guys? There's always so much to, to absorb when you're a young catcher in a system. Sure. I think, I think number one, Feliciano had a nice year last year at Wisconsin, you know, stepping back, and he was extremely young for that, that level. And we, and we kind of saw how it shook, and we've, we felt both guys needed the opportunity to catch. So kind of pushed uh, Mario a little bit to go up to Carolina. Unfortunately, he had a little uh, injury early in the season that limited him. So we feel the Fall League is a good opportunity for him to salvage a little bit from this year, a little additional for him. So um, I think that'll be a big program for him, but he's still, I think he's just 19 and a half right now. So he's an extremely young player for, for having completed a first full year in high A. Uh, Peyton, on the other hand, tremendous year for him. I think if you looked at our system in terms of our most improved players, uh, he's at the top of the list in terms of guys that really took a step forward. I mean, we've had a, a few of them, but I think he, he jumps out and what he brings to the the park every day Matt Erickson and the staff down there really like his energy you know being the catcher everybody on the field faces that position and it's contagious and I think the season they've had you know basically finishing I think they ended up a half a game out of the wild card which was tremendous um, with the trades and injuries and things that have infected or affected them late I think it was tremendous and I think Peyton gets a lot of that uh, that credit you know he tired a little bit as the season went on which is totally expected he really carried the load behind the dish there for Wisconsin. So he's a guy that's got a bright future and uh, certainly will be at the Carolina League level uh, next season for us. I want to ask you about two more guys and, 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 and then we'll kind of run through some of the prospects. But two, two young guys, Bryce Terang, your first-round draft pick, really he, he, looked, he looked comfortable and, and ready to be a pro almost immediately out of the gate. And then you were able to move him up to the Pioneer League because of his success in the Arizona League. Yeah, he from, from day one down in Arizona, uh, he showed us when he was out there, whether it was 110 degrees and he's getting fungos hit at him in, in the sun, he was ready to play. He was intense and, and willing to put in the work, and it really showed on the field. He's, he's obviously pretty advanced for a high school hitter and uses the whole field, uh, good on-base guy. I think he was a guy that we felt was ready for that challenge of Helena, and when the opportunity arose, had no hesitation to, to slide him up, and he's continued to, to play well up for Helena. So I think... Uh, we'll, we'll see where he starts out next season, but I think certainly big expectations in store for him. And finally, I want to ask you about Aaron Ashby, a, a young arm that, that did some really good things and was impressive over the course of the year. Yeah, he was he was really fun to watch. Obviously, he started out in Helena right out of the draft, junior college kid, kind of young uh, for a junior college player. Couple starts into Helena, it was it was apparent like okay, he's on a roll here. We're ready to you know challenge him at the next level. Got him up to Appleton, and he really took off. He ended up I think in the month of August, punched out 41 guys in the month. So he, his arrow was really ticking up toward the end of the season. Uh, he's got a big curveball, a lot of velocity from the left side. So somebody that 
you, you can tell in the stands when he comes when he's comes in a pitch. There's a little like electricity with the scouts and everybody watching him throw. So, very good job by our scouts to to nab him in the fourth round. Great great arm to have in the system. All right. Well, we'll get ready for the Shuckers in the Southern League playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Should be exciting. And there are so many guys on that roster. I know we left a lot of guys off. Trey Supak's on an absolute roll right now as well. But thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. Sounds good, Lane. Appreciate the time. Here's what's on tap. Okay, here is what's coming up. Of course, uh, Wednesday night, the Brewers finishing up that series with the Cubs. And then on Friday, the Giants come into town after an off day Thursday. Friday night, that's a five-county Friday. It's a 7-10 start. It's also student night, so high school and college students can purchase $10 terrace reserved or $15 loge bleacher tickets. And also the Miller Lite beer pin is available. You receive a free Brewers t-shirt courtesy of Miller Lite as well. Then on Saturday, 6-10 start against the Giants. It's a theme night as well. It's grease night. Fans who purchase a special grease night ticket package will receive their choice of either a Brewers T-Bird t-shirt or a Brewers Pink Lady t-shirt. Kind of cool. And then Sunday, that is a 1:10 afternoon start. Of course, kids run the bases following the game. Anybody under 14 can run the bases. And the Puzzle Cube giveaway. All kids 14 and under are going to get that Puzzle Cube presented by U.S. Bank. It's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll be able to actually solve it because I can't solve a Rubik's Cube myself. And then all kids 14 and under will receive a free ice cream bar as well, presented by Blue Ribbon Classics. And then the crew will come home again after three quick games in Chicago. They come home again for the following weekend. Home series against the Pirates and a home series against the Reds as well. So... Remember that when you're making your plans. The season is winding down. The crew, though, with their eyes on October. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening to episode number 132. It's in the books. I'm Link Riddle. Talk to you again soon.